If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Bank System Podcast. This is our 2023 Farmers Insurance Open and Hero Dubai Desert Classic Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit BigAmbleAware.org for more info and, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous Golf Bank System website with our in-depth betting previews. We've got strokes gained analysis on both events this week, tournament form statistics, plus, of course, our PGA Tour and DP World Tour predictor models. They are all completely free of charge at Golf Bank System. Right, Barry is at a good talk golf on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please keep them coming. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Right, this one is entitled All About the Stats. Never a bet placed before listening to the three amigos. Might not agree with the views expressed, but love the way the logics are backed up by the actual statistics. Keep up the good work, lads. And that is from Daish Seamus, and he is in Ireland, unbelievably. How was that pronunciation, Baron? That's, that's probably a 10 out of 10 for you, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> impressive stuff yeah many thanks for taking the time to to write that review Dash. much appreciated keep them coming we have got some uh, 2020 review reviews coming in so that's all wonderful just keep those reviews coming also on Spotify we're very close to 305 stars so li- literally if you're listening on Spotify just press the 5 star button that's all you have to do right Big announcement. I think many of you already know this, but we had an historic event last week on the Golf Betting System podcast. Paul Williams tipped the transatlantic double. 55 to 1 Victor Perez in Abu Dhabi and 7 to 1 win only, I believe. Our friend, John Rahm, who is dominating the PGA Tour. Paul, tip those both up. Congratulations, mate. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, it would have been nice if I'd have actually placed the transatlantic double, of course, um, on those two, rather than uh, Hatton and Rahm, which is the one I did do. But uh, but yeah, to get both winners was very, very pleasing, particularly this early in the season. It just gives you a bit of a, a boost of confidence and uh, motivation for the rest of the year. 
uh, at least kind of that your thought processes are, are going in the right direction anyway. But, uh, but yeah, I, I missed all the drama on Sunday because I, I was traveling back from my uh, from fa- family a couple of hours away um, on Sunday. So the idea was that I'd get back in time for the last kind of half an hour or so of the, uh, of the golf and get held up with fog and road closures and detours and all sorts of trouble. Uh, so still about 20 minutes from home and then the phone just goes bananas with tweets and messages and so I pulled the car over um, said to the wife and the kids I'm just gonna have to <laughs> check to see what's happened because I'm assuming that my golf was won um, and uh, you know a few of the comments saying oh we just about got over the line and you know few and all of that kind of stuff so I thought well it must have been tight there must have been some drama and it was only when I came back and uh, and watched the uh the end of the tournament again with uh, Perez holding out on the 17th from the bunker and then butchering the 18th and Minwoo Lee then um, you know threatening to make Eagle on the last all sorts of drama it's a good job I didn't watch it live because I think I'd have aged about five years and I'd have probably lost a laptop or a phone through the window or the TV at some point as well so but yeah all's, all's well that ends well which um, is all you can hope for really He's um, jumped now into Ryder Cup qualification. I'll, I'll read out the teams as they stand. I mean, it's early doors. Four, six automatic spots on Team Europe. Uh, European points, Ram, Victor Perez up to two, Rory three. World points, Victor Hovland, Alex Noren, Shane Lowry. Lowry was interesting, was he? Right, Another one of yours. Was he one of your selections? No, I'd backed him the year before, and he, oh, if you okay. remember, he did much the same thing. He was the got right to contention and fell away on Sunday. Yeah, he, I'd backed him last year. He was the fifty-four hole favourite last year. Um, I think he was one off the lead, and then shot seventy-seven in the final round and took himself right out. But didn't even place in the end, and hmm. did something very similar this week. Oh, well, the, the Sunday just gone. He shot seventy-six and again took himself right out of the places, which. Um, you know, it's, it's unlike him. He's, he's, you know, particularly if you look back at that final round that he put together at Wentworth, where he was just immaculate. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's not it's not a recurring theme, but twice now at Yas Links, which has got to be a yeah a little bit of a concern for him, <coughs> I guess. But these things happen. I managed to follow you in at forty to one on Victor Perez. That's a nice yeah, start to January. Nice Thank you very much. I'll- I could see your logic as when you were talking through it, and just just you know just nosing about myself. So yeah, Perez, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Team America, just for reference: Scotty Scheffler one, Zalatoris two, JT at three, Morikawa at four, Cam Young at five. This name took me completely by surprise. Six last automatic spot: Chris Kirk. Interesting. Captain. You've then got Hoagie, Homer, Kisner, Bradley, Xander. Mm. Hayden Buckley Yeah, a long way to go, as, well. as you said. But... I mean, it's early days, loads of goals to be played. But don't tell me that agents and players are not looking at these rankings every single week, because they are. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't propose to talk too much about last week. Great that you got the win, the, the double. Your logic on John Rahm has been absolutely perfect. Two short John Rahm victories at the Century Tournament of Champions, where he shot, what was it did he shoot there? You'll love this, Barry. 27 unders to win the Century Tournament of Champions. 
And then last week, at the American Express, he shot 27 under to win that. The, uh, the PGA Tour is very best. 27 <laughs> under par. We're not be... going to get that this week, though, lads. I, I'd be no. very surprised if we get 27 under par at the Farmers Insurance Open. That but yes, he now worse. goes this week to become world number one at the Farmers. Um, I had JT Poston in the Amex. Um, got into the final group. You know, can't be too disappointed at the, at the Bob Hope lottery to get someone in the final group. On Sunday, he was 70 to 1 at the start of the event. He was 30 to 1 to win it on Sunday, based upon, you know, Ram and Davis Thompson being, was it 3 4 clear? Yeah, yeah, 4. Uh, managed to get a squeak, a cut of the each way places in T6. So it is what it is, really. We move on. Anything else to talk about last week, chaps? Or I'll move on to the Farmers Insurance Open. No, I don't think so. It's that in terms of Ram, that seems to be where his where his real forte is at the moment is taking taking these birdie fests, and particularly with the hot putter. Although there were inklings that um, you know the putter wasn't quite as red hot as it um, had been recently. He's saying that he still still shot twenty seven under, but uh, he certainly m- missed a few. He ranked kind of- Paul sixty first for strokes gained putting. He lost one point one four strokes gained, and he shot twenty seven yeah. under par. Bear yeah, in mind that's that just been- on the two rounds at the South Course. Oh, uh, not the yeah, South Course. Right. Sorry, I'm getting confused. The Pete Dye Stadium Course. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's not over the full four, but. You know, just from eyeballing it, there were a number of six, eight, ten footers that, um, you know, if it had made everything, it'd have been shooting something, you know, outlandish, wouldn't he? So um, it was still good enough to win, but perhaps, perhaps not quite as white hot with a putter as he has been um, of late. But. We have seen white hot starts from players across years over the um, seasons prior, and mm. they don't always continue. It's very easy to get kind of caught in the headlights this early and go, well, John Rahm's going to win four majors and be world number one by 350 points by the end of the year. But that isn't necessarily what's going to happen. Yep. You know, players have form. Um, we haven't even seen Rory McIlroy yet, for a start. That is this week in Dubai. Um, I just want to mention one thing, Paul, as well. I uh, didn't mention it last week. Can you just quickly go through the Bet365 sponsored majors competition for the listeners yeah actually it's been doing doing really good business we've had um, well over 100 entries so far which is uh, which is great for this time um, or this point in the season but yes basically we need you or if you want to enter we want you to um, give us four different names one for each of the four majors um, before the start of the Masters in April so pick one player for the Masters one for the PGA one for the US Open one for the Open Championship four different names pop them on an email pop them on a tweet pop them in, on our Facebook uh, group there's a dedicated thread on the Facebook group as well and we'll enter you into the competition now you get points based on the dollar earnings for your four players for the respective major that you've selected them for so if they win the Masters, for instance, then you get what two thousand or two two million dollars or whatever the prize number is um, for that particular event, um, etc. For the four majors, we'll create a mini leaderboard of how everyone's faring, and then 
after the Open Championship will declare our winner. So the winner will get £150 or currency equivalent. Um, the second place, £75. Third place, £25. Um, and uh, yeah, dead simple to enter. Um, as I say, lots of people playing so far. You can do it any time up to the first tea time at Augusta. So if you'd like to leave it quite late to see how players form is at that point then you can and um, if you want to get your entries in early pop them on a tweet or a facebook post or email right now perfect thank you for that why don't you uh put an entry in listeners right mm. farmers insurance open many uh many old stalwarts think this is the start of the pga tour the, the first proper golf course la hola is the location just north of San Diego for the Farmers Insurance Open. Played at the iconic Torrey Pines. Um, this isn't uh, an elevated event. Would that be the right terminology, Barry? I don't know anymore if it's designated. Is it elevated or, or designated? I, I get It's so golf, minutiae, I get confused and don't care. Anyway, it's not one of those events. <laughs> Super but it's event. still pulled in, and, and they wonder why people don't get into golf. Um, John Rahm is playing. Homeboy, Xander, Chauflay, Will Zalatoris, JT, Colin Morikara. It's not a bad lineup. Tony Finau, Max Homer, Sung J M, Hideki Matsuama, and defending champion, wait for it, Luke List. They're all on the Pacific coastline this week. Okay, Torrey Pines South course doesn't really need a lot of explanation or introduction. Of course, it was the 2021 US Open host course that John Rahm won. It's an absolute brute in terms of its length. 7,765 yards. And of course, perched just on some small cliffs, Above the Pacific, it's pretty much at sea level. Uh, renovated in 2019 for that US Open by the US Open Dr. Rhys Jones. So one of the classifications we have on this week's predictor model are um, players that have played well over the last five rolling years on Rhys Jones designs and renovations. So that's worth taking a look at. Um, I can really get into my agronomy bit this week, chaps. You know, you know, this is the golf betting agronomy show. Uh, the rough this week is the Kikuyu grass with ryegrass overseed. Now, Kikuyu, Southern Hemisphere grass in the main. Yep. So South Africans play well on it. Yeah, Australians, Australians are very used to it. Kikuyu grass rough, overseeded with ryegrass. The greens are 5,000 square feet on average. They feature poana grass. And as we know, lots and lots of players hate poana greens. You do see year after year here, you do get a, a list of players that play this every year and a huge list of elite and mid-range players that give Torrey Pines an absolute miss. Webb Simpson never used to play here, even when he was elite. Hates Poana, and the golf course is far, far, far too long for him. Um, that Kikuyu ryegrass, by the way, is up this year because there was over 50 millimetres of rain last week here. 
and it's up half an inch. It's up to, Barry's going to love this, three and a half inches in length, the rough this week. Which on a 7,765 yard par 72 is penal. Mm. Very penal. And as we saw at Sony Open a few weeks ago, they, they um, we knew then that they'd upped the rough there by half an inch. I mean, 18 under still won it. This is the PGA Tour. But... Um, that was five shots higher than the previous year at 23 under, just by yeah. making that rough more penal. Yeah. And that's just the winning score, not the average score across the tournament. So I'm expecting um, that rough to play a real part. Same thing on the Torrey Pines North course. There are two courses this week. Uh, this is really confusing because this is a Wednesday start. So if I get this wrong, apologies. Um. Each player has to play a round either on the Wednesday or the Thursday on the North course as well. That's a wise cough redesign in 2016. <coughs> this course is the complete antipathy of the South course. It ranked as the third easiest on the PGA Tour last year. Um, it's 7,258 yards. It's a par 72. Um, we've got exactly the same um, fairways. They're Bermuda grass overseeded with rye grass as we get on the south course. The rough is exactly the same. It's Kikuyu grass with rye grass overseed. That, again, is three and a half inches. The greens, though, they're 6,000 square feet, so they're bigger, and they feature bent grass, not Poana. That's the course you've got to go out and shoot a decent score on to win this. I've always thought to myself, if you if you can shoot a good score on the north and play the south course anything like five, six under par across your 54 holes, you're going to be in good shape. Very good shape. In terms of actually changing for the, the victory on the Sunday. Uh, sorry, yeah. on the Saturday. Mm -hmm. Caught myself. Anything to mention about, about the south course, chat? As, as much as the golf course is huge in terms of like total distance if you take the four par fives which i've just punched mm. into the calculator here they measure out at 2370 yards mm. remove that from the 7765 and you're left with a 5395 yard par 52 course which is not massively long in regular standards so the fours are gettable there's a couple of them already at 490, 505, but it's you know, mm. the par threes are chunky enough, but it's not like completely outrageous where everything is going to be mid long iron in for those yeah. holes. So, and, and I guess that kind of, you start looking at your breakdown of the, the past events here, it's not always bombers that win or, no. or do well. You don't have to be a bomber to play well here. That's a very, very good point. I, I hear a lot of content each and every year about this saying that it's a bomber's paradise, and I kind of agree with that, but, and there's a big but, Patrick Reed, by the stage of time that he won this in 2021, was not a bomber of any sorts whatsoever. He was actually pretty, pretty short and pretty straight. I know it sounds ridiculous for Patrick Reed, but his kind of driving metamorphosized over his PGA Tour career. Mark Leishman, you wouldn't say Mark Leishman is an out-and-out -out bomber. No. He's a 295 kind of 300 guy on average. 
Brand Schnedeker, two-time winner around here. Now, Schnedeker's not long by any stretch of the imagination. What he is, is a fantastic classical golf course player with yeah. an extremely good wedge game, short game, and an absolute wand of a stick on Poana Greens. Yeah, he can putt on Poana, which is a big asset. I mean, they've even got Ben Crane in there, 2010. Ben, Gray, ben Crane is no bomber. Mm. <clears throat> what I'm saying is if players are in good nick and they've got a good classical golf course record i.e. they can play major championship tracks now I'm not talking about 28 under at the Amex I'm talking about proper tough golf courses don't just strike them off your list because they're not in the top 25 for driving distance you know, I'm gonna. You know, this week there's gonna be so much chatter about Taylor Montgomery. Every bomber you can think of, because Luke List won this last year, and Luke List is a bomber that's actually got a half decent scrambling game, but cannot putt for toffee. Now that tends to be negated on these Poana greens because a lot of players can't putt on Poana greens. But you know, if you're finding a good mid-range driver that you know you think's in good nick, good approach play has a record on Poana or, or on some classical golf courses like Beth Page Black or a Congressional, all these kind of places, Quail Hollow. You know, do not feel um, that you cannot put them in because they're not the longest off the tee. Because they can contend and win in many cases. I think that's fair comment. Yeah. Um, the fairways here, just for background, they're 25 yards at 300 yards carry. They're actually thinner than what we saw at the Pete Dye Stadium course last week. So they're thinner than the Pete Dye Stadium, and the golf course is over 600 yards longer with three and a half inch thick Kikuyu grass rough. Yeah, and it's probably that rough, that extra bit of rough this year, which will make it uh, that extra bit challenging. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where the winning score ends up this week. I think it will be. Uh, yeah, it won't, be as, won't yeah. be as deep as we've seen in recent times. I'll talk about that in a second. That's a very valid point. Um, winning prices here. Um, we got Luke List. Oh, Luke List, mate. That was a double hit to the um, private regions last. I had Will Zalatoris, 28-1. to 1. Dominated the tournament. Had an eight-footer on the last to win it. Yeah. Missed it. That's not really a surprise with Will Zalatoris. But um, And then to be pipped in a playoff by Luke List, who shot a 66 on the Sunday. That was a hard one to swallow last year, chaps. Mm. You know, Luke List of um, post-it note fame. Um, weather. Looks really calm this year for 54 holes. 16 degrees Celsius on the Wednesday. We've got 20 degrees on the Thursday, the Friday, 17 degrees, 15 degrees Saturday. So, you know, this isn't, that's kind of normal for this, you know, location in California at this time of year. The interesting day for me is the Thursday. Gusting 18 miles an hour on at 7 a.m., 10 a.m., 25, uh, 1 o'clock, 23, gusting 17 on at 4 p.m. So that would suggest we're going to have 15 to 20 mile an hour northeasterly winds 
on Thursday. And that suggests to me that there's going to be some form of draw bias. And logically, if you pretend, I mean, you, we can discuss this till the cows come home, but in my mind, if you're on the north course and can shoot a really low one on the Wednesday, get that in the bank, and you're then on the south course Thursday, if you can play yourself around there in even par or one over, something like that, I wouldn't have thought that's a potentially bad situation rather than having to play the north course where you've got to go really low in gusting 25 mile an hour winds. Mm. Don't know. I mean, that's up in the air. We saw this a couple of years ago. There was a forecast like this and Patrick Reed won that year. Um, and he did play north course first, south course second. What did he shoot in the north? Can you remember that? Uh, what did he shoot on the north? I've got all the information at my fingertips, Paul. He shot uh, 64. Right, there you go. Yeah. Eight That's under on the north, 72 on the south on the windy day. Yeah, which is exactly what you just said. Yeah. Eight under, tread water in the next day when it's tough, and then... Uh, and then the rest of the yeah, the Friday and the Saturday, we're we're all on the same golf course, yeah. in the same conditions. Mm. I haven't seen a draw, um, but yes, don't know. That one's up in the air. Okay, winning prices list was ninety to one. Reed twenty five to one. Leishman fifty five to one. Rose fourteen to one. Day twenty-two to one. Ram won his first ever PJ Tour event here and the US Open fifty-five to one. Those were the days. Mm. Brandt Schnedeker eighteen to one. Jason Day fourteen to one. Throw that all into a mixer. Past nine renewals though. Um, since we went to this split season malarkey, six zero to one. Going back to twenty ten, it's fifty-five to one. The average winner of this tournament. Bubba Watson also won his first PGA Tour event here, 66 to 1 in 2011. So there's short hitters in there and there's bombers in there. Um, yeah, we're seeing John Rahm now. Interestingly enough, Tiger Woods, the last time he won here in 2013, he was 15 to 2. John Rahm this week, four to one. So he's shorter this week, John Rahm, than Tiger Woods was here when he won his last, was it eight Torrey Pines victories from the deep recesses of my mind? Oh, it's something like that. It was something like eight Torrey Pines victories. 15 to two, John Rahm is shorter than him at four to one this week. I've taken no chances whatsoever. Also going for world number one. I mean, you've been on the you've been on the John Rahm train. The other thing I notice, and yes, trends, blah 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 blah. The only thing, the other thing I have noticed this year on, on this tournament, no one has won this tournament in the last week of January with any prior victories in that calendar year. In fact, you go, you look at the winners here. 
I think the closest winner that I saw that had won a top-class tournament, and it was a DP World Tour tournament, was Justin Rose. And Justin Rose had won the Turkey... Oh, is it the, the old Turkey Open they used to play? Oh, Turkish, Turkish Airlines Open, yeah. That's it. He'd won that three months earlier. So he'd have won that in November on the DP World Tour. Mm. In terms of PGA Tour victories, his most recent had been Colonial the year before. So I'll just read out the month, the amount of time that winners here, the last time that they'd won on the PGA Tour. Well, I'll go to Jason Day in 2018. Uh, John Rahm was a rookie when he won, or that was his first victory. Jason Day, 20 months. So his previous victory on the PGA Tour had been 20 months before winning this in 2018. Rose, eight months. Leishman, 15 months. Reed, 11 months. Uh, and Luke List had never won on the PGA Tour. His previous victory had been on the Corn Ferry 18 months ago. So there's, there's quite a few things there that give me a slight hope that John Rahm won't be winning at 4-1 to this week. Certainly enough hope to actually go against him. But then I haven't backed him at the Century or at the, um, the Amex, so that probably doesn't surprise listeners. Um, I've gone for a, a card of four. Um, my shortest is 16-1. to one. My longest is 50-1. to one. But the 50-1 to one chance comes with 10 places each way attached to them. Just want to mention before I go on to my selections, uh, in terms of bookmakers for this week's top-level golf action, we're highlighting Bet Victor. They are offering standout prices on popular players with market best odds, which you can take at five places each way at court the odds terms. So as we record this podcast, they are offering market best 18 to 1 on Will Zalatoris. Remember that one. 18 to 1 on Colin Morikawa. 33 to 1 on Maverick McNeely, who's got a very good California record. And in Dubai, Paul's event, 18 to 1 on Tommy Fleetwood. 80 to 1 on Lee Westwood. Or how about... We've got a real pack here. I was quite interested with these names. 110 to 1, Bjork, Andy Sullivan, Sammy Vallimacki, or Richard Bland. All players I saw kind of proliferating towards the top of the leaderboard mm. last week at certain points. Yeah. So 110 to 1 on those characters. They're all market best prices with Bet Victor. New Bet Victor customers get a bet £10, get £40 in free bets and bonuses offer when signing up through Golf Betting System. You can find details about their new customer promotion plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in the podcast description. Okay. I'm... Regulars will not be surprised to hear that I'm going for Will Zalatoris at the top. I was very disappointed with the market this week and Barry was mentioning this pre-off mic. They just seemed to say, right, we're going to cut John Rahm to 4-1. to one. Nine to two best. This was on first show Monday. And then we're going to kind of just lump the next seven or eight in the market all at the same price. I thought that was a bit of a cop-out from the bookmakers, but there you go. Um, I plumped the Zalatoris, 16 to one with bet three, six, five, each way extra, eight places each way. They have now lengthened him to 18 to one. Uh, and you can also have 18 to one with bet Victor as well. The thing I get with Zalatoris, 
You listen to this. Sixth at the 2020 US Open. Second at the 2021 Masters. Eighth at the 2021 PGA Championship. Sixth at the 2022 Masters. Second at the 2022 PGA. And second at the 2022 US Open. Let me let me just bring that down to summarise. That's three runner-up and three top eight finishes in his first seven United States major championships. That is phenomenal. I think there's a there's something in there about a little bit of redemption from last year. He's had a quiet start to this season. He, he clearly had um, problems with um, his back at the end of last year, which meant he had to take four months off with two herniated discs in his back. Missed the Tour Championship, missed the President's Cup. That, to me, is only going to motivate somebody. Um, love his chances this week. He's finished seventh here in 2021 and second, of course, here last year. And there's also something, you just look at, uh, look at my betting preview. You don't tend to get winners of this that are in super rare, white hot form. I mean, Mark Leishman, 28th at the Sony. 10th at the Australian Open. Patrick Reed missed cut at the Amex, 21st at the Tour of Championship. <coughs> Sorry, the Century Tournament of Champions. Luke Lewis, 22nd test, at the Amex, 10th at the RSM Classic. You know, it's not exactly concrete block in the forehead form that tends to win this. No, no but Zalatoris. they are very different tests, aren't they? Zalatoris, two events, Paul. 11th at the Tournament of Champions. He's then in the top 25 last week. It all kind of fits. I'd have liked to have a bigger price, but in fact, I'd have loved that 18 to 1 that's now out there. But anyway, I got him at 16 to 1. He's drifted. The other one I really like, and I wouldn't be surprised if the whisper is on him this week. Now, I'm not talking about Gary Woodland, I'm talking about Max Homer. I'm on two points each way, 28 to 1. I got that on with William Hill at eight places each way. Now, Homer has been backed seriously since first show. Um, Please with that 28 to 1. But you just look at Homer. Um, five five PGA Tour victories, which kind of, all right, five victories. That's, that's, that's more than I kind of thought. Three in California. One at Riviera, where they play the Kikuyu grass with the, the mix of the bent grass, but predominantly Poana Greens. He's got an absolute stellar record at Riviera. Um, he's also won at Quail Hollow. His first ever PGA Tour was Quail Hollow, another long, tough major championship venue. It kind of all makes sense. Previous winners here also tend to have at least a top 10 prior to winning. Homer's got that. He was ninth here a few years ago. And as we, you know, I was on him at the Century Tournament of Champions a couple of weeks ago. Just played really nicely. Really, really nicely. Drove the ball beautifully. Great approach play. I think this is going to suit him. He's got good form at Pebble Beach as well. Um, he's got a sixth and a fifth at Muirfield Village. Another uh, a classical golf course, the Nicholas design. Now, wherever I looked, I couldn't find a weakness in Max Homer this way. So I was very pleased to get that 28 to 1 about him. So I've got Zalatoris at 16s, 18s are available. I've got Homer at 28s. And the other one, 
I sat, I looked very, 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 very closely at Hideki Matsuama, who has been lengthened overnight to 40 to 1 with Bet365. Um, the only thing, <laughs> we've, been, we've been down this rabbit hole before with Hideki at the Sony Open last year. You look at so you look at Hideki's putting on Poana, and it is not a um, it's it's a it's a it's not very pretty. Um, so I, in the end, I walked away from him. He's driving the ball really badly at the moment. That's the other thing I don't like. Winners here tend to have been driving the ball really nicely coming into the event, but when you look at where Hideki does win. And he did this at the Masters, the most famous one, driving the ball horrendously. Good approach play, good scrambling game, then turns up and wins a victory. So I'm, I'm, I'm wary of Hideki this week, but I'm not on him. I made sure that I wasn't price proud. There was a 33-1 to 1 available very first show with Bet365 on this particular individual. But I've gone for a guy that's finished first here twice, second and third with two additional top nine finishes. He's also finished second, fourth, three times and fifth with another three additional top seven finishes at Pebble Beach. He absolutely loves this stretch of coastline. I've gone for Jason Day. Who actually, when you look at the raw numbers, and I've been saying this for a while, when you look at his game, all of a sudden he's driving the ball well. He's in that kind of funk where he drives the ball well one week and the putter lets him down. The approach plays great. And then another week, I don't know, maybe the driver works. The approach play isn't quite so good and then he puts lights out. He hasn't aligned all three functionalities of his game together just yet. But if it's going to happen, and if you're a believer that Jason Day can win again on the PGA Tour, this is the golf course. Or potentially next week at Pebble Beach. But I don't think we'll be getting 28 to 1 on Jason Day next week at Pebble Beach in a in a field that's going to be far weaker than this. No. What do you reckon? 16s? 18s? Depends, Depends on who does this week, week I, suppose. I suppose. But yeah, I'm I'm on day. I couldn't resist in the end. And I wasn't going to be proud, price proud and go, oh, you know, I want 40 to 1 on Jason Day. That's you know, he's He's not the player he was, and he's only 104th in the world. You can come up with all these reasons. Um, so, yeah, I, I went for Jason Day. He's ninth for total driving so far on the PGA Tour this season. Mm. Now, you just said that three years ago when he was crooked and all over the place. People laughed at you. But, yeah, he's long. He's straight. Tenth for strokes gained approach on the, on the tour so far this this year and twenty second for Tita Green. Yeah, something going, something going in the right direction with Jason Day. So Day at twenty eight. I've got Homer at twenty eight. Zalatoris at sixteen. So I'll hand it over to you. My last selection is fifty to one. Just to reference that, Barry. Let's start with you this one. I'm with you on Homer. Are you are you on Max Homer? I'd be I'm, very I'm... disappointed if you're not. If I'm not on Max Homer, then why did I bother with the whole Masters angle? I mean, this feels like the the perfect kind of one to have in the locker before he goes there and wins the Masters, and then I can retire from golf betting, having called it. Uh, <laughs> Just recap for new listeners what you've done with Max Homer in the last couple of weeks. 
uh, anti-post for him on the Masters and also on after being nudged by you uh, to have also backed him for the US Open. So if one of those can click. That would be uh, that would be sensational. Just I, I thought I saw him at sixty-six to one for the Masters, and it just seemed to not make sense. The prices factoring in that he hasn't had good results there, but everything in his game should work there. And I think it was just a case of, I hope it's just a case of him figuring it out and letting all the blocks fall into the right place. So that's why you think I think it's a case of when, not if. I'm hope I'm hopeful that's the situation. Mm. So um, I like the bet. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, if it doesn't mean it was. Um, yeah, I can live with it. So, yeah, this this week makes an awful lot of sense. Classical golf course, guys. He's playing very well. Um, yeah, for all the reasons you mentioned, can't ignore him. I'm on. Um, next that I'm on, I've kind of gone out a little bit. I'm in around that fifty to one range, but I'm going to go for. Well, it's not such a bad idea, mate. With the average winner of the odds around here, is it sixty to one? So you know these players are in play this week. Fifty, sixty-six is all in play. Eighty to one. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm taking JJ Spawn. So he's just playing some really good golf right now, and which is backed up by your eight-week tracker. He's third in, or he's tied second in strokes gained tee to green. And he's fourth in strokes gained total. So I am. Um, he's not the longest off the tee, but he does have, um, you know, a good a good overall game. In terms of you know, there's no, there's no real weak parts showing right now um, in his game this season. So let's let's give him a whirl. I kind of like the I like the merging of uh, form and price and. Yeah, I'm 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 a I'm a bit deeper. I'm into three figures for my next pick. So, Paul, do you want to jump in? Unless you're all three figures and above. No, no. Well, um, a bit of a mix, really. Um, I too am on Max Homer, so that's all three of us. Um, so fingers crossed, Max does the job, and it can be a a nice consensus win uh, this week. Outside of that, I backed. Um, I looked at, looked at Luke, Luke List as a kind of a blueprint for this, um, and uh, thought, you know, who, who's similar kind of players, uh, you know, long, relatively straight, can't putt, and uh, that led me to Keegan Bradley, uh, sixty six to one for Keegan Bradley. Um, Someone that backed him last time out as that was a miscut trauma. Yeah, but that's that's a good thing for you. When I back no, them, I they miss the cut. When you back them, they tend to win. So that's good. No, I get, but yeah, I get it, that. Th- theoretically, he fits, doesn't he? He's long. He's relatively long, quite straight, but he can't putt. Yeah, he hmm. does seem the sort that fits here, and yeah, he hasn't really done much. It certainly didn't do much in the two Hawaii events, did he? Um, but I think this does suit much better. Won the Zozo at the back end of last year, so I don't think the form has disappeared completely. Uh, fourth and fifth here. Um, and a couple of renewals and a relatively recent pass. So he can play the course 66 to 1, I thought was a uh, takeable each way option there. Um, eight places each way. Also, eight places each way. I've taken Benny Ann at 200 to 1. Um, he was 12th at the Sony. That was after a pretty slow start as well. 41st last week. Doesn't really stick out, but there was a third round 63 in there as well. Some good signs of life. 
Um, never done a great deal here, but he has gone three from three in terms of cuts made. And again, I think theoretically, um, mm. this course should suit him quite nicely. He's hitting it a long way at the moment, Ben Ann. Um, he's actually, whisper it, he's actually putting reasonably well. <laughs> scrambling, <laughs> scrambling well as well. So, Mate. I was digging into my strokes gain analysis as you were talking. He was third for strokes gain putting at the Sony, yeah? And then last week at the Amex, this is Ben Ann in in a sentence. He he moved from third for strokes game putting to a hundred and fifty fifth for strokes game putting at the Amex, losing five strokes. Yeah, you just don't horses. know what's going to happen with him. Is he is he working with Brad Faxon? <laughs> More work required. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think. There's, but there theoretically, he's long off the tee. He's relatively straight. When he's in form, he hits lots of greens, and he's got a great mm. scrambling game. Always had a good scrambling game, Ben Ann. Can't yeah. putt most weeks. But that fits this golf course. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. I thought for 200 to 1 with eight places, that was worth a, worth a tickle. Mm. I can see that. Mm. My final bet was Justin Rose. And do you know what? He was insp- I was inspired by Francesco Molinari last week. Francesco is 40 years of age. He's he's had a when covid hit Francesco moved to LA. You know all 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 of the pro- the problems with 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 that. I think there was also the issue with him at, with with Tiger Woods winning the Masters when he was leading down the stretch. I think that caused confidence issues, mental trauma. It was kind of bound to but Francesco's just starting to mix it at the top table again in terms of decent European uh, DP World Tour and the odd fringe PGA Tour top of leaderboard um, escapades at the moment. And that's because clearly um, the Ryder Cup's in September and it's in Italy. And we've been saying for months now that the Team Europe is wide open. There are going to be players there that haven't played before or players that have played before and have had a re-emergence at, you know, in PGA Tour and top-level golf. There's going to be a mix of players. You know, it could be one of the Hoygaard brothers. It could be Frankie Molinari. It could be Justin Rose. But if Justin Rose wants to get into one of those six captain's picks, which is going to be the most likely way of qualification, he needs to start performing and getting good finishes on courses that suit him. Now, <clears throat> the American Express last week, won at 27 under par by John Rahm, is a tournament that Justin Rose cannot win and will never win. He can, though, be competitive on ma- in major championships and on major championship venues. He was ninth at the Houston Open in November, which they played at Memorial Park. Now, that's a brutish par 70 at 7,412 yards. He was third going into Sunday. So he can mix it, and his record here is phenomenal. Fourth, 2017. Eighth, 2018. First, 2019. Sixth, 2022. So I think this week is an opportunity for Rose to be up in the contending positions. Not saying he wins but can certainly get a big haul of world ranking points this week. I was really caught by a 7-under par 65 on Sunday on the Pete Dye Stadium course. So he finished 26th. 
I think that was in the that was within the top ten of lowest scores on yeah. Sunday. He also started well. Um, I think he was in the top twelve after day one. So Rose, there's something there's something percolating there. Um, he was priced up as big with one firm as eighty to one on first show. Um, I managed to grab. Um, he's been heavily, heavily backed. I've managed to grab fifty to one with Coral ten places each way, which I'm more. I I would take every place I can get on Justin Rose. If he can get in that top ten and get me a full each turn, uh, each way re- uh, return at ten to one, I'd be more than happy. So those those are my four: Rose, Day, Max Homer, Will Zalatoris. Over to you guys to finish, and then we'll move on to Dubai. Yeah, I'm done. You had another one, Barry, didn't you? I do, yeah. Um, I'm going to go for Will Gordon, who putted like an absolute donkey last week, but the long game was in good shape. Um, And just reaching a little bit, but looking at his strokes gained for the couple of times he's played this, he's sixth in strokes gained putting in this event. So I'm hoping that kind of uh, good vibes of the pudding comes back to him this week um, and he'll be this year's first time winner. Plenty long off the tee, reasonably accurate. So uh, I'm, I'm giving him a punt. I'm trying to find, I've, I've backed him at 100 to 1 with 10 places. Nice. So that's where I'm was at that with, with him. Was, was that with Ladbrokes Coral or was that with Boyles? Um, it's with one that you're not. We're not allowed to mention on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of the above. Okay. <laughs> with the list is ever increasing, right? <laughs> um, does w- one other? I might try find the right kind of merge of price and maximum places. Was Austin Smotherman? He was eleventh here last year. Hmm. His strokes gained uh, numbers on that strokes gained analysis are crazy. When like ranking number two on the analysis or something. Yeah, it's. I know it's only from one appearance, but even so, he's third in that. Yeah, so he had a, a great week. I mean, there's there's not much to write about, write home about in terms of his form for uh, a while. But you know, the price is up around the two fifty three hundreds, maybe three fifties um, for a guy to finish eleventh here last year. So. It'll it'll most likely if I do grab it, it'll be the the maximum amount of places possible. Hmm. And that that's me done because if I don't, I'll don't stop now. I'll just keep adding players. <laughs> Indeed. Right, should we do uh, do Dubai? Let's do Dubai. It's a tournament yeah. that's well worth um, some merit. It's one of the better events, clearly, on the DP World Tour. And we've got Rory McIlroy making his 2023 debut. Indeed, yeah. It's uh, our second Rolex Series event on the trot. So another $9 million prize fund and um, another 8,000 ranking points. And uh, as you said towards the top of the show, Steve, it's... Pretty important. These these Rolex events are pretty important in terms of the context of uh, Ryder Cup qualification. And you saw Victor Perez jump right up the rankings last week with his win. So I'm sure it will focus a number of minds this week. Actually, it's a very similar field to last week. Notable, notable additions, as you said, uh, Rory McIlroy is making his 2023 
debut this week. Abraham Answers playing, Lucas Herberts also came along for this event. Um, other than that, it's really quite similar to last week. So Rory's surprised that Victor Hovland isn't defending. Has to be said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, um, last I year I we never had like Hovland. That, there you go. No, last year we had Hov- Hovland. We had um, Colin Morikawa over as well. So um, in truth, it was a better renewal twelve months ago. But but yeah, not bad. Uh, Rory's seventy-two favourite, as you might expect, as the world number one. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton follows next in the betting twelve to one. He shot twenty-nine on the back nine on Sunday. Um, to elevate himself up to seventh place and um, you know, put himself, I guess, kind of announce himself as a potential candidate for this week. Shane Lowry, 18 to 1, as we said, he was the 54 hole leader before fading away on Sunday. Tommy Fleetwood, 18 to 1, also. Minwoo Lee, 22, he's playing some great stuff. Minwoo Lee, um, again, came very close last week. Uh, Bob McIntyre, 25s. Francesco Molinari, 30s. Adrian Moronk, 33s. Lucas Herbert, also 33 to 1. Thomas Peters, 35 to 1. 50 to 1 bar those top 10 players in the market. So some juicy mid prices if you don't fancy any of those 10 named so far. Um, in terms of standout bookmakers, we mentioned Coral Labricks. They are both going 10 places each way, a fifth of the odds on this event also. So they're um, 10 places on both um, the Farmers and the Dubai Desert Classics. So if you're doing cross doubles, cross each way doubles this week, that might be the way to play. Um, play your bets there with those two and getting 10 places each way. Um, well worth a look. So check their odds before you place your bets. Now, in terms of this uh, course, as always, we're back at the Emirates Golf Club in Dubai. It's Carl Litton Design, opened back in 1998. 7,428-yard par 72. Typical desert affair, really. A little bit shorter than Yas Links last week. Um, some dogleg holes. A bit more strategic test, I think, um, especially when the wind blows around here. The most notable um, thing, really, because we've seen this course quite a bit over the years, the most notable changes were that all the greens were rebuilt, completely rebuilt prior to last year's renewal. Now, they used the same Bermuda Tiff Eagle green, uh, greens for the surfaces. Uh, they just generally added around about a third to the size of each of the putting surfaces. So last year, they were bigger. Um, they were much, much firmer. That often happens when you... When you lay new greens for the first year or so, they are much firmer, much bouncier. And um, certainly was the case last year. I'd expect they should have settled down a little bit now, 12 months on. Perhaps won't be quite so bouncy, but um, um, certainly they'll be bigger um, as they were last year. So it presents a, a different challenge. A lot of the uh, players in their um, in, in their interviews, in their comments, were talking about how the greens were just entirely different to how they remembered them in the past. So... You know, you're almost ripping up your, um, you know, your, your old thoughts and uh, your, your memories of how to play the course, you know, particularly on and around the greens because they're just completely different now to how they used to be, um, which does negate some of the older course history, of course. Um, talking of course history, let's go through some of the winners. Back to 2010, Miguel Angel Jimenez won this at 66 to one. Alvaro Quiroz, 16 to one. Rafa Cabrera Bayo. 125 to 1 in 2012. Nice Spanish 
trio there. Um, 2013, Stephen Gallagher won at 70 to 1. Gallagher defended the following year at 45 to 1. Um, before Rory McIlroy won his second Dubai Desert Classic title, 7 to 2, same price as this week when he won in 2015. Uh, Danny, Willett, Danny Willett won in 2016, um, 40 to 1. That was before he won the Masters that year. Sergio Garcia, 20 to 1, also in 2017. Tong Lee, 110 to 1 in 2018. Um, and then we've got Bryson. He won his uh, Dubai Desert Classic at 10 to 1 in 19. Lucas Herbert was a 200 to 1 shot when he won here at 20, in 2020. Last two renewals, Paul Casey, 25 to 1. Victor Hovland, as you mentioned a second ago, Steve, not defending. 10 to 1 he was coming into this last year. So one of the very much fancied players for this tournament 12 months ago. Now, in terms of the um, the weather forecast, unusually, we do have some rain in the forecast for Thursday. Unusual for Dubai in general, but... Uh, uh, it seems that that's stuck and it, it does look like we're going to have not particularly heavy rain, but um, a bit of rain during the day on Thursday. Temperatures just down in the mid 60s Fahrenheit as well. So very un-Dubai like in terms of the conditions. Um, a breezy Saturday, 15 to 20 miles an hour. And then the other two days, Friday, Sunday, sunshine, very little in the, in the way of wind. So um, back up into the 70s in, in terms of Fahrenheit. So a bit of everything really to expect. Rain to start, calm, wind on Saturday and then uh, calm again on Sunday. So um, as to where that will pitch the winning score, I'm not entirely sure. We shall see. Um, if you look through the statistics of how players have got over the line here, even going back all the way to uh, 2010, 2010 and, and prior to that, um, greens and regulation is the stat to pick out. If you're looking at older uh, traditional style stats, greens and regulation, absolutely the way to start with this. Just the last four winners, um, Bryson was third for GIR, Herbert was fifth, Casey was fourth, Hovland was tenth. Now, the same holds, if you look at the look at players and how they've performed historically before winning here, you'll also find a number of the winners have had a good greens and regulation performance here at the Emirates um, at, in the past prior to winning. So, um, that's if I were to pick one key stat out, that would be the one this week. We've also got four years worth of strokes gain data, and uh, as as you said, Steve, there's um, a strokes gain summary for Dubai up on the site this week, so you can see how players have fared on aggregate um, from a strokes gain perspective um, here at the Emirates over the last four years. If you look at those same four winners, um, Bryson Herbert, Casey Hovland, they finished or they ranked fourth, ninth, sixth, and second for strokes gained off the tee, and third, seventh, first, and third for strokes gained tee to green. Very, very consistent. Very much the same story that's being told by each of the winners here. So hit greens, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained tee to green. If you use those as your basis for selections this week, I don't think you'll go far wrong. I think you'll find that some of the players that you're highlighting will um, end up, you know, in in the mix in some capacity. Last year, twelve under was the winning total. That was uh, partially down to the conditions, partially, partially down to the bounciness of the greens, and it certainly wasn't a pushover. You know, back in the day, Bryson won here at twenty four under. How Tong Lee won at twenty three under. So to shift that to twelve under, which is you know borderline on a technical style, 
winning score. That's um, that's quite a move. I I suspect if you're going to pin me down to it, I, I suspect it'd be somewhere between the two this this year. Um, the rain, um, and again, it depends how much we get, I suppose, on Thursday. Um, but uh, the rain will soften it to a degree. That'll probably make it more scorable. Um, Saturday looks like it'll be a tough day in the wind. Um, and then the other two days should be scorable again. So I suspect it will be somewhere in the region of 17, 18 under, something similar to what we saw last week in Abu Dhabi. Um, only other things to pick out really all 12 of the winners that I mentioned are the top 10 in one of their last nine starts a bit of incoming form isn't a bad starting point um, Hovland was 4th in Abu Dhabi the week before and um, Paul Casey the year before he'd finished 8th over at the American Express so both of them had shook off some rust before coming here and winning at relatively short prices and uh, in terms of course history, Hovland had a top 25 here and that actually follows for very much most of the winners here. The only exceptions really, Tong Lee um, and Rory when he won his first Dubai Desert Classic back in 2009 didn't have any um, previous positive history of this event. Um, outside of that, a top, tw- top 20, top 25 um, really is a good starting point in terms of um, selecting your players this week. So yeah, boil it all down. Hit some greens, strokes going off the tee, strokes going tee to green, a little bit of course history, a little bit of current form, stick it in the mix and see what you get. Um, I've backed five altogether because you you can't look at the betting board without considering what uh, Rory McIlroy will do this week. Seven to two, um, there's no bargain, is it? I had a look at how Rory had done in his opening events of the year. He's never won his opening event of the year at any point in his um, in his career to date. He's had five second-place finishes, five third-place finishes, some other lesser finishes as well. Um, but he hasn't won his first outing of a calendar year so far in his career. So for a 7-2 shot, um, it puts you off a little bit. I mean, I, I backed him last year. Um, he should have won this last year. He, I'm sure you remember, I mentioned it for a number of weeks on the podcast afterwards, where he went for the green on the final hole, and found the water. Um, Par would have put him into the playoff. Birdie would have won by a clear shot. Um, he made bogey, and uh, <laughs> that was the end of that. Um, this is his first outing. He obviously he passed up the um, uh, the Century Tournament champions. He passed up Abu Dhabi. And um, is there going to be any rust? I don't know. We'll find out. But seven to two, I can leave him alone and hope that he finishes second or third, I guess, and uh, take our chances with that. Um, Of the others near the top, Tyrrell Hatton could well bite me on the backside, 12 to one. I backed him last week and um, he he shot that strange round uh, to start where he he made 18 straight pars. And then after that, there was, you know, lots to like. That that back 9-29 on Sunday, he got a hole-in-one in that as well. Um, it's closed with three straight birdies. There's some, some confidence going to be flowing through Tyrrell Hatton and um, you know, potentially he could uh, he, he could win at 12-1. to one. Bob McIntyre also, I backed him last week. Um, his putter was absolutely stone cold last week. And uh, if, if that warms just a little, then... Again, I could could regret not sticking with him this week. But anyway, I've backed five. Um, I've started with Francesco Molinari, who you mentioned, Steve, as one who's uh, been popping up and uh, improving of late. At 30 to one, I backed him eight places each way with bet 365. And I think Francesco, 
He's going to be massively focused on the Ryder Cup this year, coming to Italy. He's described it as being the summit of his career if he were to make Luke Donald's team. Um, mighty words. Um, he might get a pick, I guess. He's got nine months or so to qualify by rights. I'm sure he'll do his damnedest to, to make sure that he gets um, as close, if not inside the qualification mark, as he can and uh, take his chances from there. No win for Francesco since the Arnold Palmer Invitational back in 2019, but there's been a few signs of life. Uh, 15th at the Open last year, 9th at Wentworth. He was uh, handy at Mike Ober as well. Uh, three and a half points at the Hero Cup to shake off the rust a week or so ago. And then uh, he was the 36 and the 54 hole leader last week at Yas Links. He seems to be hitting the ball straight again, hitting the ball well. He's talked about the tweaks and changes that he's been making with his game and they seem to be coming to fruition. Um, it's still a work in progress, but um, if it's a work in progress and he's finishing fifth last week in a decent field, then um, I think this should suit him a little bit better this week as well. 13th back here. Last time he played, 2014, 13th. That was his best effort around the Emirates. Since then, the new greens will level uh, the playing field, I think, in terms of those who've got more recent experience of the uh, the course. He likes these speedy types of putting surfaces as well. Um, we'll see how much the uh, see how much sting the the rain takes out of it on Thursday, but I'd expect them to be back up to speed by by the weekend if they do uh, if they do get a little bit soggy. Um, we shall see. Anyway, Francesco leads the line this week for me, thirty to one. Um, with eight places. Same price. I've also backed Adrian Moronk at 30 to 1 with 8 way with Bet365. Now, here at Emirates, you don't get many debutants who contend here. Um, so, fourth last year for uh, for Moronk was really noteworthy. And it's been a real whirlwind for him over the last year or so. He won the Irish Open, you'll remember, by three strokes. Um, he beat Ryan Fox, who I was on, um, and... Uh, you know, really impressive that week. Seventh at the DP World Tour Championship towards the end of the year. He shot, um, or he won the Australian Open by five shots over Adam Scott uh, in December as well. So some recent, decent uh, form coming into this as well. And as a result of those um, performances, he snuck inside the top 50 at the end of the year and got his invite to Augusta. So things are really looking up for Adrian Moronk. Um, this course sits, suits him like a, you know, fits him like a glove as well. Second for strokes off gain off the tee for the full season last year. That's ideal for this. Uh, seventh on that straight, same count last week in Abu Dhabi. Finished tenth. Um, I think he's primed and ready to go to to improve on his fourth place finish here. Twelve months ago, Moronk. Um, and then three at longer prices. Torbjorn on Olsen, eighty to one. I've backed four top eight finishes here from nine starts. Second and eighth in Abu Dhabi over the years. He just loves playing in the desert. He's a Rolex Series winner. He won the 2018 Italian Open. Some other big profile or high profile events. Daniel Lynx has won the Turkish um, Airlines Open. He's won. Won at the Belfry last year to put all of his um, airlines issues behind him. Um, all of those troubles are gone now. So um, I'm sure he's going to push on and really, really, you know, Go go places with his uh, this kind of second phase of his career. I think looked decent last week on his reappearance as well. Finished twentieth, third for accuracy, hit nearly eighty five percent of greens in regulation last week. Chilbourne Olsen, which is a big pointer when I'm looking at how I think he might fare. Eighth for strokes gain off the tee last week as well. Um, it all seems to fit with Olsen for me. 
And then uh, two three-figure shots. Eduardo Molinari. So I've backed both Molinari brothers this week. Uh, 151 to, to 1 was the early price on that. He's been nibbled into 125 to 1. Um, and there's another one I think he could take some inspiration from uh, from it being Ryder Cup year. He's already a vice captain for for Luke Donald, but um, you know we saw with Luke last week um, there was some you know, real upside in his game, um, and uh, you know perhaps just the thought of the Ryder Cup can get the competitive juices flowing from some of these guys. Uh, decent form last year as well. It seemed to be coming into form form at the back of the year. Fourth at the Spanish Open, ninth at the South African Open. His accuracy in greens and regulation has been excellent. He's actually been striking the ball beautifully for some some time now. And uh, uh, we saw some decent stuff out of him again last week. He finished 17th, 87.5% greens and regulation last week, which is right up there. Um, always with Eduardo, um, in recent times anyway, it's been the putter that's been the issue. And he's he's gone back to the short putter recently. Seems to be faring a little bit better with it. Um, we'll see how he goes this week. He's got a ninth and a uh, fourth place finish here over the years as well. So got some course form to boot for a three-figure shot. And the final one, Ashton Wu, I've backed. He's um, the, uh, the early shows on Wu, 250 to one. Um, the best you're going to get out there now is 125 to one. He's another one who's just been absolutely backed off the boards this week. Now, if you look at some of the, um, or listen to some of the interviews last year, Victor Hovland talked about the need to hit fairways around this um, remodelled uh, Emirates course, particularly with the new greens. And that's more to get close, uh, or get your proximity if you're you're attacking pins or to make sure you can hold the greens as well if they are particularly firm and bouncy, which they were last year. So siding with someone who's hitting the ball straight seems to be the way forward. And nobody last week at Yas Links hit more fairways than Ashen Wu. Um, he led that uh, driving accuracy stat last week got four wins on tour now one last year in Kenya uh, ninth for the South African Open at the back end of the year and he's got a couple of top 10 finishes here as well sixth and ninth here at the Emirates um, over these last three um, attempts at this course so lots to like for me for a decent three-figure shot so so he's in the team too Ashen Wu Eduardo Molinari Fjordbjorn Olsen Adrian Moronk and Francesco Molinari are my five for this week. Any from you, Barry? I am I come with you on Francesco. I like I like where things are I'm hearing things are at. There's good positive vibes mm. being spoken about his game and yeah, I I I'm uh, I'm in. So maybe Steve will make it the, the trifecta and that could be it. Can I, can I just interject <laughs> on Francesco Molinari? Mm. I never heard this or saw this anywhere. That was his first 54-hole lead last week since the 2019 Masters. Mm. Good, wasn't good overly surprised that he didn't convert, but no, I'm in as well. Rust. I'm in as well. So, that's all, so all three of us are in on Max Homer. All three of us are in on Francesco Molinari. It's going to have to be a Max Homer, Francesco Molinari each way double, isn't it? Full disclosure, that was the first bet bet I put on this week was a Max Homer, Frankie Molinari double. (laughs) And then we're going on holidays to Disneyland. This could be the week, boys. Anyway, Barry, go on, carry on. Um, The other one, which is a bit of a punt because he didn't play great last week, but I just... I'm not so sure that course is his to his liking. Um, is Adri Arnaus? Mm. 
He's got a couple of top tens here, including a third in the last three years. Um, I think the less aggressively undulating greens might um, might be to his benefit. He's not one of the top putters out there, so it might uh, take a bit of pressure off the putting. Um, I'm pretty sure you were on him last week as well, Paul, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Disappointing last week, but um, mm. you know, th- there, was, there was enough coming into last week to to give me the confidence to back him. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't surprise to see any of the guys that I picked last week perform well this week, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I can see your logic. I can see. If he does do it, I promise from. to be... Yeah, if he does do it, I promise to be really nice to you. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, be, beyond that, I'm a little bit uh, still digesting this event and also trying to get myself my head around the European tour a little bit um, to get up to mm. speed. So that's where I'm at so far for this week. Fair enough. So Steve, you're on Frankie. Any, any other picks for Dubai? I think Lowry will go well again this week. Mm. Eighth for greens and reg last week, 32nd, 1st and ninth. They're the last four sets of greens and regulation numbers that he's made the cut. Yeah. First was at Wentworth. You actually look at the strokes gained analysis on him around here that we pulled together free of charge, listeners. So you can there's a link in the description box. He ranks third for approach, third for tee to green, third for ball striking, and ninth for strokes gained total out of this field around here since 2016. Mm. I think 18 to 1 about Shane Lowry is not a bad price. So I'm on Lowry, definitely on Frankie. I'm tempted on Moronk. And one a little bit more left field, Nikolai Heigard. Yeah, yeah. Fourth at the DP World Tour Championship a few years ago. He won last year in Ras Al Khaimah. Tenth at the Australian Open, tenth in Abu Dhabi, his last two outings. He was fourth for greens and regulation last week. You said about greens and regulation monsters. Yeah. Yeah. He's 55 to 1. I've had a little bit while we've been talking. 55 to 1. With bet three six five eight each way via their each way extra facility, so definitely Larry, definitely Frankie, definitely Nikolai Hoygaard, and I'm toying with Adrian Moronk. Yeah, I, I, do you know, I, isn't there a link Moronk. between the winners here, Willett Garcia, and the Masters? Yeah, absolutely. So Shane Lowry absolutely. was third at the Masters last year. We, we were all on board. I know that Barry and I, Barry and I, were definitely on board. Uh, Shane Lowry, and then yeah, Frankie. No. Was that in a head-to-head with with Tiger Woods? Yeah, precisely. At Augusta National a few years ago. Yeah, his Nadia logic to follow through. Yeah, there is some logic. Just uh, on on Nikolai again. Um, his his numbers, long game numbers, sticking out like a sore thumb. And uh, you know, I did give him a lot of consideration as well. Second for strokes gain off the tee last week. First for strokes gain tee to green. That is a very potent combination coming into. Uh, the Emirates course, so um, yeah, I can I can see exactly where you're coming from for that, and wouldn't surprise me to see him uh, see him play well this week. We shall see. Hmm. I think that's us, chaps. Yeah, all done. Yeah. Apologies for my coughing. Uh, it's another week of um, coughing. I, I have sorted the mic out this week, so listeners should uh, that that's better for the listeners. Uh, best of luck with your bets, chaps. I hope they go well. Yeah, best of luck, boys. You too, lads. Let's go for this transatlantic. Yeah. Strike while the iron's hot. 
best of luck for listeners. We will be back next week for definitely Pebble Beach. What have you got, Paul? It's the Razal Kaima Championship next week, so back to the rank and file on the DP World Tour. I think there's one of these events in Saudi as well, isn't there? Not that we'll be covering that, but yes. Well, I hope I hope your bets go well, listeners, and uh, we will be back next week. Don't forget about the majors competition, and don't forget to send in five star reviews on Apple and press that five star button for those of you listening on Spotify. It's been a blast. We'll see you again next week. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Cause it's the golf betting system. The golf betting system is the golf.